everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, uh, currently snowbound fitness and wellness writer and author, uh, podcaster, and when it isn't snowing and I'm more prepared for it, doer of most athletic activities outdoors. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and endurance coach. I am in Collingwood, Ontario, where it is brisk, but I was out riding today. I yeah, think I may have been the only person out riding today, but I figured out my the the clothing was pretty spot on today. I did lose a glove though. Oh dear, I've been having a pretty serious grump with pretty much everyone in New Jersey this week because I was promised some good weather for some base miles, and since I got here, it's been below freezing, and now we're getting a ton of snow dumped on us. But I have my little team meetup with my crit team this weekend, so I'm feeling pretty excited. Yeah, you're going to race, the the team's called the Shred Girls team, I believe. Not even Something close, like but I, I like where your head's at. I thought they, I thought they were the title sponsor of this team. Uh, we're one of the main sponsors, but it's actually uh, Shared Coffee Bike Reg is the uh, primary team right. name. Uh, Bike Reg is a bigger, bigger Bike entity. Reg is a much bigger deal. Um, but, not deal, but Okay, entity. not deal. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a big entity. It's a big company. Yes, and Shred Girls is sponsoring. We're on the jersey. We're going to be on all the gear and t-shirts and hats and all that stuff and yeah our website is ridebikesdrinkcoffee.wordpress.com at the moment I'm pretty excited about it I you know used to enjoy racing crits back in my collegiate cycling days and for a couple years after I was on the uh, Rockstar Game Signature Cycles team for a bit and then Cola Vita's uh, one of their uh, mid-Atlantic teams for a while so yeah I'm excited to get back to it what are the Rockstar Games? Uh, it was a video game company. They also sponsored like the Harlem Crits and stuff. I was hoping you were going to say Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, definitely. I used to hang out that, with them. That would be a good contact right now. We could get the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> on. Well, if anyone out there does have a contact with the Harlem Globetrotters, we are we are excited about it. Uh, well, we're said. missing. We don't we don't have a basketball episode. That's true. I, I want to learn how to dunk, you know, all foot, you know, five foot, three inches of me could really use some basketball playing tips. Uh, we could just have, I'm, I'm going to throw out, a, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put out a shout out. I want Tom Hopper, mechanic extraordinaire and definitely consummate athlete to come on the podcast. Well, he can line up behind Jeremy Powers, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, today's guest uh, is all about uh, dancing and grooving, and I mean, pretty much every time I've gone out dancing in the last couple of years, the Aspire Racing, or team formerly known as Aspire Racing, has been involved in that, so I think that was a really appropriate segue there. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's, that's true. Uh, but we have been, similar to basketball, we have been wanting to get some sort of dance uh, you know, expert or someone who really is into dance as part of their consummate athlete lifestyle on the podcast, just because dancing, you know, does involve a lot of, you know, movement, it involves a social element. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes along with dancing that a lot of us are missing uh, that could benefit, you know, either our sport or just our sort of general health and wellness. So, we stumbled across Michelle, which we'll, we'll talk about how that happened, uh, but it, it turned into a really good episode, and then sort of in a series of crazy events, we ended up at uh, a somewhat related 
event at Blue Mountain here in Collingwood. Uh, there are a few, what was that? It was like that, that weekend. And so this is back a month ago, maybe. For family day, I think. <laughs> it was actually run by her company. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was if called Groove Dancing. So it was somehow related to Michelle. And she had sort of mentioned that in the, in the interview. Uh, but we got out and it was good. It was, you know, a lot of kids to start. And then slowly, you know, that infectious sort of dancing and sort of moving around and stuff is caught on and by the end there was a lot of people dancing in sort of the the town square i guess of this ski resort yeah uh, Blue so Mountain. our our bonus for this episode is uh if you go to the show notes page uh we're gonna embed a little video of that day uh that i took so you get to watch peter dance so, wow i didn't i didn't know that we were doing that uh so. yeah just everybody can enjoy that bonus uh, bonus content wow <laughs> Okay, well, I guess it's all out there then. Yep, you're a tremendous dancer, dear. I thought we were dancing like no one was watching, but apparently that was misleading. No, no, the whole internet's going to be watching. It's going to go, it's going to be big. Anyway, we really enjoyed doing it. We like going dancing. We've taken a few salsa lessons. Um, We really, you know, would like to find more excuses to get out and go dancing. So this was kind of a good reminder to us that we we can do that if we want. I think we're actually close to having classes. We've been, I've been trying to work with the, one of the instructors at Active Life here in Collingwood where I worked at the gym to try and get some another salsa sort of class session going. So I think we, we've found someone. So if anyone's in the greater Collingwood area, let us know if you're interested in some salsa lessons. Nice. The problem with us is uh, when you want to go to bed at like 8.30, it's really hard to go out to dance clubs. Yeah, my backup plan is that we're going to go to, like, the, there's a lot of seniors' homes and, like, retirement homes Ooh, in the area, yeah. and that's going to be, like, we'll figure that out for sure. We're going to do, like, noon hour I don't know. We talk about this with Michelle in the podcast, but I'm really into this whole, like, the 6 a.m., like, raves that they're having where it's, like, wheatgrass juice shots instead of vodka shots and, like, you know, raging before dawn. I'm pretty into it. I think we maybe need to get that started in Collingwood, too. I don't know if I can do wheat wheatgrass, but... Okay, I mean, the, the morning groove. Kombucha shots. I don't know. Espresso <laughs> shots. Boom. Yeah. Perhaps. Anyway. It, okay. sounds, it sounds intriguing. Well, if you're at all interested in dancing or just want to kind of figure out how to be a little bit more... Even if you're not interested in, like, dancing and going out dancing, you go to weddings. You go to places where there's social dancing. Um, you know, this is kind of a great episode for talking about how to get through some of that awkward feeling if you're maybe not the uh, smoothest mover in the world. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, a lot of my motivation. I actually do enjoy it, um, but it's definitely having come from that, like, wallflower, like, you know, you're, you end up at some, as you say, a wedding, you know, whatever reason you're, you know, going out after an event, you know, you, you cycling events sometimes will have like uh, a dance or you go to the club or the bar or whatever after. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's more enjoyable if you can sort of just be part of that greater crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's taking that leap just to dance like nobody's watching. And, it, and it's really, you look like a bigger goof just standing there, not dancing and like, than you would if you just were dancing. So I don't know. I think there's some practical takeaways from this one on, on how to do that. But then also we talk about sort of where you can look for help as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's dive in. Enjoy the episode, guys. 
All right, welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Today we're here with Michelle Hillier, who specializes in teaching people how to dance. And dance has been on my list uh, to, you know, sort of have an episode on the, the podcast here for a while. So we're very excited to have Michelle on. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share share with you. Awesome. So could you tell us a little bit, you know, what do you do? You, you have a business based around teaching people how to dance. So, so what does that look like? What's it called? Where are you doing it? Sure, sure, sure. So um, uh, the business I have right now is called, well, now, is called Experience Groove. And you're going to see the word dance doesn't really exist in the title of the business, and that's purposeful. Um, uh, groove is what I call um, what, how we get people moving and inspiring just people to find their groove. And when you think of the word groove, you often think about getting into a flow or a zone or something kind of where, the, where really you can't get it wrong. And that's the whole, um, <clears throat> that's the, the takeaway piece for uh, for when people come to my experience is that really when you're grooving, you're in that zone, you're in that flow, and the movements are so simple that they really can't get it wrong. So currently, um, well, my background is in education, but I currently offer these groove experiences in the education sector, so in inspiring and helping teachers make movement more accessible in their classrooms, as well as working with students, pre-K all the way to grade 12, and then um, some work in the, in the community, so actually just, you know, regular adults that want to get their groove on, uh, moms and babies, so babies and carriers, and they want to get some activity going after having a baby, and in the recreation sector as well, so working with YMCA's, Boys and Girls Clubs, and inspiring their leaders to, again, to get movement more accessible. So I'm really trying to make this more of a uh, transferable, inspiring mo- movement where it's not just about me. I've got to, I have got want to inspire the leaders and teachers that work with children on a regular basis and equip them with how to be successful to get kids moving because that's really the future of, of tomorrow. We've got to get them active and get them moving. Awesome. And you're doing that mostly in sort of the, the greater Toronto area. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So uh, I'm located in, in West, the West end of Toronto. And so a lot of my, in, like my personal programming happens mm-hmm. in this area. However, mm-hmm. I have a small team that travels all across Southwestern Ontario and I do some travel into the U S as well. Uh, I just came back from Seattle where I was working with um, 200 teachers, PE teachers and showing them how strategies, how to get dance and movement going in their classes with groove. So I kind of am dabbling all over, just spreading the groove everywhere I go. And, you know, physical education, there's, you know, cutbacks and, you know, less time in general. I, I would imagine dance is probably, you know, as all arts things, is probably the the first thing that gets cut. I know I didn't have a ton. You know, yeah. It's been well over 10 years since I was in school, so I can't imagine it's gotten better. Like, what's the situation of dance in schools right now? That's a, that's a great question. So we're, we, I'll speak to just Ontario. Um, that's the bulk of the work and the knowledge I have. And uh, I also teach, um, I teach something called a, a dance AQ course. So if teachers that are currently in any, like say you have a grade 11 biology teacher that has a dance interest or background or a kindergarten teacher, they take a course um, to get them certified in dance. It's 120 hours and I teach that through York University. So that's, I'm still very passionate about about inspiring teachers that way. Um, in Ontario, the uh, the arts falls under for grade one to eight. Does not the dance does actually not fall under health and physical education. It falls under the arts. And yes, there are there are schools that have specialists that teach dance. There are schools where the classroom teacher hasn't expected to teach dance. Sometimes the phys ed teacher does the dance. So you see really really different um, different formulas of how dance is being done. But you're right. It's one thing that I see teachers have the least comfort level with because they feel like they have to 
have, you know, have some skill, have some background, have some training. And that's what, that's what I'm on a mission to do is to show them they really can do this without any training at all. It's more about the getting the kids creating and getting them moving, even in the classrooms. So we often think, oh, there's desks, there's things and barriers in the way. The strategies I show them, they can actually get kids up and moving, you know, for daily physical activity break or for yeah, the middle of an academic break just to re- reignite their, their brain. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of different ways to do it. Every school is doing it very differently. So I'm doing my best to, to fit it in. And, and so I guess the question, you know, if I'm thinking of, you know, some grungy or not grungy, but like grumpy old, uh, you know, admin person, you know, you know, we're trying to cut things, you know, all like, well, how does this transfer? Like, why do kids need to learn to dance? You know, why do, why do adults, you know, why would adults want to have learned how to dance? You know, what, what, what's the reason? What's your why? That's a great question. So the why is, is not actually that they will become dancers. It's not. And the, the method that I teach with the groove is, they're not actually learning choreography and that's something that it's a shift we have to get the decision makers to understand is that we're not coming in to train teachers or to work with students to have them learn a choreographed routine because that's i can see them thinking well why they're not going to perform it why would they want to learn that i go deeper into the sort of the, the my why is that kids number one get active so obviously we know there's an epidemic of obesity and poor choices being made not enough activity too much sitting too much technology so let's get them active so with Groove, they're very active because there's not, they're not trying to learn choreography. It's about lots and lots of repetition and uh, moving in really simple, simple, fundamental ways that their bodies need to move in and, and should. Um, and then also it's the, it's the self-confidence is the second piece. So the, 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 the emotional side of what it feels like to feel good about moving your body to music and, and getting something uh, that feels great in your body. And the third piece is the social aspect. So the uh, connections with Groove, we make a lot of um, peer interactions happen a lot when that we train teachers to do this with their students where they're not all facing forward learning set choreography, they're actually interacting, maybe do-si-do with a partner, maybe play the drums with a friend beside them. So all the movements are very simple, interactive, and also it sparks self-confidence. So I think if you presented it that way to, you know, the, the grumpy old administrator, like you want your kids to be up and moving, you want them to feel good about themselves and have a strong sense of community maybe shift the culture in your school to, to be more positive. That's an amazing answer. I mean, if I was that person, I would say yes, but uh, yeah, I, right? I am not. But <laughs> we'll, we'll try and do our part here. But I know for me, I, I didn't get a lot of that growing up. And I would say, you know, having pursued a elite cycling, um, you mm-hmm. know, I always, I always joke, you know, my hips don't move. I was trained not to move my hips. Right. I mean, I can attest to that with our dancing. It's, yeah. We both suffer from that. But the, yeah, yeah. the, the thing is like, I went down, I was very fortunate. I got to go out a friend down in South America in like Cali, Colombia. Um, and so we toured around and we did a ton of salsa and the, we were staying in a hostel and they had salsa lessons every, like during the day. And then you would go out and they'd sort of facilitate that a bit. Um, nice. and it's so ingrained in their culture. Like you would have grandparents out like at a, what I would consider like a dance club and it just, uh-huh. everyone's dancing, you know, they're making eye contact, you know, there's, everyone's having fun, but it's a mix of people. Again, it's not just entirely about dating, but it's just embedded. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a birthday party, you would be dancing. Your grandma probably t- taught you how to dance, uh, family it. parties and stuff. And so I was like, that is just something that's so foreign to me. Um, mm-hmm. and seems so enjoyable. Like we had a great time and they were very welcoming of us, you know, as outsiders and, you know, not knowing how to dance and they were very willing to help. Um, so I was, you know, coming back, that's why I've pursued, you know, Molly and I have gone to a bunch of dance classes and stuff now. And the little bit we've learned, you know, if we're at a wedding or, 
Um, totally. We're yeah. just at, you know, in cycling, they often have like, you know, we go out to the club after like the big national championships or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. now we can actually like, whereas before we'd be like wallflowers, you know, trying to just avoid, you know, we just walked right in and just start dancing. Right. And to me, it's it. yeah, such a better evening. Yep, for sure. And I feel like I just, uh, just jumping on that same type of thing, I get reactions from my adult classes. I do, uh, I host them here. I do, uh, I do what's called a monthly pop-up. So I don't do regular, you know, weekly classes. I do a big pop-up. We get, you know, 40, 50 people out, all ages, all abilities, all everything. And what they've told me over the years is that, like, they, same thing. They're like, I go to a wedding now and I actually, like, know how to dance when a hip-hop song comes on. I know it, it's just, like, building confidence but also building movement vocabulary. You don't know how to unless you, you get to experiment and repeat it a lot and make it very simple. So that's where groove is really cool that way that there's so much repetition that you just, your body then gets, it's like muscle memory. And then comes on comes back again when you're out in a social situation. So it's very cool. It's interesting that you talked about uh, the goal isn't to become professional dancers, right? And right now mm-hmm. in physical education in you know children in sort of youth fitness, that's the the struggle right now is everyone wants to specialize. You know, there's push to get your high school football kids, you know, sort of streamlined and playing year round whatever sport it is. But we're missing out on that, you know, gym, it's traditionally like gymnastics, track and field type mm-hmm. training. But, you know, to me, that the, the dancing, you know, and I would argue even sort of a sliding sport in there, too. But those fundamental movements are, you know, you're, squat, yeah. you're squatting down and dancing, you're, you know, you're sliding to one side, you're twirling, you're, you know. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, Absolutely. And you really are exploring all the fundamental, maybe the little guys, I always talk about that with their, their leaders. Anybody that works ages three to six, they call it the active start uh, mode or sector that they really should just be working on running, hopping, jumping, skipping, rolling, balancing. And if you can do that all to music and make it fun and have them be imaginative, it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't need agility ladders or something like this, right? No. You're essentially just doing these steps. Someone wrote on Facebook on my wall um, recently, a guy from Tennessee, he wrote, dance is the original PE. When you think about it, like back in the day when there was no equipment and no sports and cultures just celebrated. (laughs) That's what they did through dance. Drums playing and people dancing. So I love that, kind of the roots of it all. Yeah, and it used to be in North America, at least. Like, I know my parents grew up and that was, you know, it's much more like I was describing in Colombia. Like, they grew up going to, you know, social dances and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yep, same as my parents. They talk about those dance halls that they would go and, uh, yeah, dance and I do. That's ingrained in what their social structure was. And and so, you know, as adults, is there... You know, you're you're offering these instructional things. We're going to definitely link to your stuff. But is there like where where can people go? Like it it sounds like an odd question, but like where yeah. could where can adults go to dance in this day and age? Like what what are the options? That's a great question because um, we often think, oh, it has to be like you know, twenty year olds, loud music, bar bar obnoxious kind of thing. It doesn't <laughs> have to be like that. I, but that was fun back in my day when I would do that at the university clubs or whatever. But you don't want that sometimes when you're older. You want to just go and actually dance. Now, yeah, it's a bit underground. I know in Toronto, um, the first I forget, Friday of every month, there's some sort of 90s hip-hop thing that happens. But you don't really hear about it. You have to kind of, someone has to know somebody that lets you win. Or either that. It's usually at the Gladstone or the Drake, some one of those clubs. Super fun. Um, but then the other one, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of uh, Daybreaker. So it's a 6 a.m. dance party by, oh. facilitated by a DJ. And I yeah. went to one. It's epic. It was like 200 people, obviously sober, <laughs> dancing for the love of just dancing and started their day that way. And they do one a month in Toronto hmm. and they have different chapters around the world. And it's a really cool community, very conscious 
uh, people that uh, it, like you develop friendships through it, and it's awesome. And I know the only other thing that we've seen here in Collingwood, they do a salsa festival. And I imagine if you Googled oh, yeah. sort of salsa festival yep, in your area. Yeah, there's a salsa fest in Toronto. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and it, it would... in, uh, one of my colleagues um, does groove in the in the, the village in Blue Mountain on special events and weekends. He oh. leads a big in the in the center. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I should yeah. link you to him and you can go check it out. <laughs> I think we've actually like walked through it and like paused through, yeah. for like a quick dance break cuz we hike that's, there a ton and him. we'll like go yeah. through the village and whenever they're doing stuff like that we've stopped and like Yeah, the salsa. In. The salsa festival is very good, but yeah, is the groove thing on the same weekend or is it a different thing do you it's think? It's uh, it's on every holiday weekend he gets brought in the village and does a couple steps throughout the day and I think on a on like March break and summer, it's not a, it's not every weekend. I think they just bring them in when they know they're going to have big crowds in the village. Sure. So I would imagine it's most always, it's major always, cities have stuff like. Yeah, it's that. always advertised too, and it's well attended, and he's kind of a known thing up there. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it is actually, awesome. I was trying to think. Like last time we went dancing, I think it actually was like a dinner thing, and they had dancing, and it was literally us and like the seventy plus crowd. I think we were the right. only ones under the age of like forty yeah. that were actually dancing. Yeah. And I think there is like a, a. I think you made a good point there. There is a, a big gap. Like I think thirties, forties, fifties. You don't see people going pursuing dance. However, when you get them on the dance floor, and they, it's. They're, they don't know what they're missing. They just have it. They don't bring it into their lives. Maybe they're in the mode of kids or priorities shift. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think there needs to be more more happening. That's for sure. Yeah. So what does one of your pop-ups look like? Like, what are you doing in it? Walk us through for people yeah, who are terrified okay. about that. <laughs> so, I, so I just had one on Monday and we had 38 um, people. There were two gentlemen. Oh, Jeff, I wish you would have come down and joined them. <laughs> I wish there's more men that would come out. These two guys and... Um, you know, 35 women, all ages, I'd say we had some teenagers up to, I think Maria's 70. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So the whole, all ages are wearing whatever, like they, you know, they wear fitness gear if they want, they can wear whatever makes them, I would say wear what you'd love to like bust a move into, you can wear whatever you want, running shoes, etc. cetera. Um, the, the room is, um, and also there were 12 new people, which was interesting. Usually it's just the same kind of people that that creep up every month, but they a lot of people brought friends this time that they've been talking about what they're doing. So I always do a really um, uh, like safe, uh, fun warm up kind of in, or um, like a, a setup for them to tell them what they're going to expect. And we do the whole you can't get it wrong. They tell each other they can't get it wrong. I tell them I'm going to facilitate the, the space just like a wedding or a party where there's going to be simple movements, and then your your goal is to create it make it as creative as you can by the cues that i give you so if someone were to look in the room which we do always often have people poking their head in the whole room is doing the same movement say the movement of stomp but everyone is styling it their own way moving in different directions interacting with each other based on the cues that i'm giving them as i facilitate it and we go through saw we go we did an hour and 15 minutes we did a whole i can even post my playlist to you guys and show you people always ask me for the playlist after yeah everything from dance music house music uh, hip hop, African. We did a Bollywood song. I brought in some '80s. I brought in '90s hip hop. I just I appealed to like all the ages and um, demographics. And then, um, and I always say that you know you came here, you're here. Whatever's outside those walls doesn't exist right now. You're here on the dance floor. Let's leave it on the dance floor. Just how yoga, leave it on the mat. Let's leave it on the dance floor. So you're here to can't get it wrong. I just pump them up big time verbally, <laughs> and then we start. And then um, near the end of the class, I always consolidate with uh, some stillness at the end. So we move into 
a position they're comfortable in after doing a slower song, and we end in a five-minute mindfulness moment where they just reflect on what they've just done. They've taken a risk. They've been out of their comfort zone. They've maybe made a new friend. And then everyone seems to linger and hang around and not want to leave. So I think my next pop-up, I might actually have build in like a 15 minutes kind of social thing, maybe have a little bit of wine after or whatever. But I think people want to stick around. They don't want to leave because they just experienced something really unique with a whole bunch of new people. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you're really sweat, really sweaty by the end. You're all <laughs> <disgustingly> sweaty. <laughs> yeah, we definitely so started building that sort of social time into talks and events. Like we do like bike skills sort of sessions and stuff. And down in Toronto as well, similar. And definitely that seemed, you know, people just want to sit around and, and chat. Like it's part yeah, of... Yeah, they want to be unfacilitated. The unfacilitated part is also powerful. They want to just like unstructured be able to talk to someone they just maybe made a little connection with. They don't want to just be shoot out the door. So that's why I call it an experience and not a class. And you wonder if, you know, getting that dancing experience or I guess even the bike skills experience is a bit of, you know, the ego gets suspended and everyone sort of sees, you know, everyone's been out Mm -hmm. there together. And then you wonder if that's what's facilitating, you know, that 15 minutes after is, you know, that's really the connection that we're all hoping to get, right? That's right. That's exactly it. And that's why I do, like, why do you do these pop-ups? It's like how I make these people feel. And it's not just like yesterday for a workout. Sure we are, but they feel great. And the messages I get after and social media posts, et cetera, that it's like, feel great and they forgot about anything going on in their life for an hour and 15 minutes that's awesome pretty cool it's very very exciting i love i love it (laughs) love it okay so that's not every day though so do you have any tips no i need to do that i need to do that more often (laughs) yeah i keep getting told i guess um what the takeaway for people people come to a groove class is they kind of like get over themselves a little bit like people that have been coming for years with me it's like you sort of start infiltrating some of those messages into your life. I know it sounds deep and wow, how could that be possible? But groove being, you know, you can't get it wrong. Don't take yourself so seriously. Put yourself out there. No one cares what you really look like anyway. We all think that people do, but I say these things throughout the class. And then people tell me it starts to infiltrate into their actual life. So like groove, start grooving your life a little bit. So it's these messages. And maybe just being bold and dancing at home with your kids or uh, taking a taking a risk and going to an actual dance class and trying choreography because now you have a little bit more confidence in your body and how it can move. So it's a good jumping off point for many things, mm-hmm. actively and socially and personally. Yeah, what's that study I always talk about? You know, oh, you know, like the forty percent one about the T-shirt. Yeah, they basically they put what, people what in. That? They put uh, people in a room and basically they they gave them like a what was a Barry Manilow T-shirt. So this was like I guess an okay. un, they felt it was an unpopular. It was like a university study, and they asked the people how many people basically thought they looked stupid or noticed the shirt, and it's like everyone thought like it was like. A high number, right? Like it was, when you're wearing yeah. a shirt, you think everyone is noticing I, the t-shirt. looking at you, right? Yeah, and it was something yeah. low. It was like 15 percent noticed even th- that there was this odd shirt. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's interesting. We do. We take ourselves really seriously. We think people are always judging us, and that's the, the whole mantra behind Groove is that we just let that go, and just you know, it feels really powerful when you do. And so it, indeed, the with dancing, it seems like, you know, you're the wallflower, the person who's trying not to dance in a room full of people who are dancing, like that's the best way to stick out. So is there... That's right. So, so that's easier said maybe than it is to do. Yeah. So then what is the, like, is there a tip? Like when you come in, like I, I've had people suggest, like, don't wave your arms around like a crazy person. That's not how people <laughs> dance. And like, don't, you know, pretend, or someone else told me, you know, you practice or just pretend you're like dribbling a basketball and like putting it between your legs and stuff. Yeah. 
yeah, no, that's for sure. You mean tips to get the wallflowers comfortable? Yeah, like how can I go into a club and not feel like an idiot trying to dance? Yeah, like I'm going to dance, but I don't want to look oh, like, okay. like Carlton from Fresh Prince or something, right? And right, like, right, just right. have a circle of people around me. Looking. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I guess maybe just try to find your, um, I'll go, I, I think try to find your own style or your own way of expressing it. And, and again, it's, I think it's a mental thing on your head just trying to shake that, that no one's really looking at you. We think they are, but no one is really looking at you and just trying to move authentically and, you know, find your flow and your jam. And I think you can't get it wrong if you do that. I also found copying people on like a, oh, yeah. a, a, but a subtle level, like just try and like yeah, blend a, a little yeah. bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, someone's... I was going to say that too. If you see everyone doing kind of like a double, a, a bounce, like a heavy bounce to like a, I don't know, like a rap song, maybe not... Maybe you wouldn't be rolling on the ground. You might want to be also <laughs> bouncing with them. Yeah, like yeah, just keep it simple, subdued, but like simple. in that direction, right? Like if they're not yeah, waving yeah, their arms that. around, don't go waving your arms around. I would say that. You want to kind of subtly fit in, but then maybe try to make it your own and just relax. I think that's a big piece of it too is breathe and relax and try to actually be in your in your body doing it as opposed to looking around. Mm-hmm. Does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh, I have one actually. So my background is uh, in Irish step dance. So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so super controlled that I now cannot dance without like counting in my head or like it's really hard mm-hmm. for me to remember to move my arms because I spent years with like, don't move your arms. That's yeah, bad. like arms at the side. I, I watch, watch, whenever I watch them, I'm like, how do they do that? Because that, that looks really, really skillful having your arms by your side while bounding off the floor yeah it's really annoying (laughs) except you know now in real life I feel like I do that like even salsa dancing like I am so bad for not moving um what is it laterally like side to side yeah yeah. I'm willing to move vertically but that's it sure we don't do that so how do I get over that (laughs) no for sure you know what I'm I mean my background is I didn't really share that I danced like I've been dancing for 40 years since I was a little 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 kid training that I did professionally uh, at theme parks and cruise ships and music theater. I spent a good chunk of my life like working as a dancer. So I, I know that five, six, seven, eight, and that choreography was ingrained in me too. So, and people that come to my classes, I can tell when they have a dance background because they're looking for me to tell them what to do and how mm-hmm. to, they're waiting for me to count. <laughs> so I think it's just honestly uh, like deprogramming yourself of what you think you, it just takes practice. Mm-hmm. It just takes practice to like go and, and, um, and try not to go to our what our you know our cognitive past would would dig up. It's hard to shake, but I think it's just a matter of practicing it. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, going back to that idea of fundamental movements, it's often you know I never I, I work as a kinesiologist as well as sort of endurance coach mostly oh, nice. with cyclists. So in the gym, you can definitely, as you say, like you can tell when someone has like some sort of formal training in dance or gymnastics mm-hmm. or something. And generally. Even with like Molly is an example of, you know, sometimes it is obvious, like you're trying to do agility or side to side movement and her arms are like really odd at the side and she's not getting the benefit (laughs) of like counter movement, right? Like when you sprint or something like counter movement or doing agility counter movement of the arms, right? And so you can often the people though are very responsive. Like I I work with a girl who rides mountain bikes now, but she has pretty extensive dance, you know, a variety of different dance stuff. And often like you can actually pull some of that experience and use it as an asset, um, for sure but they're aware Dance, enough to also are, be like yeah and they're but they're aware enough right and that's really as a coach it's so nice when you're able to be like you know they're able to respond they're actually aware of their body i guess and moving it 
very cool. Yeah, and it brings you back to uh, one of our friends too. Is um, he works at a uh, university in near LA? It's not. It's not. UCLA, but anyways, he's a, a knee and knee and hip specialist. He works with the Anaheim Ducks as well, and he was here over Christmas. And I have a bit of a little bit of a hip injury, and he had me do an assessment with him, and he showed me a couple of things to do. And he said, "You actually are so much more body aware than most of the athletes I work with." I was like, "Whoa, really?" He's like, "I think it's from your dance. I, like dance just uses every muscle." And I trained in ballet for ages, you know, as a kid. And he's like, "I'm just shocked at the body awareness." He made me think of that, Jeff, when you brought up the how you can see it in the gym. And I felt felt good. I'm like, oh, good, all those years of training, all that money my parents spent, <laughs> done me well. <laughs> yeah, certainly a lot of those bigger athletes are very good at moving, like, quickly and, and hard. But it's, when especially with something and like, a, a, like the micro, like the small hip movements and stuff, just wreck them. They'll be on the floor exactly. crying. Like yoga yeah. would wreck a large. Like yoga. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even, like, you know, they're used to doing their one sport probably, like the, you know, the, as you want to go to now is a multi-sport model, multi-training model. And I was fortunate enough to grow up also doing sports. So I played in, you know, I played field hockey. I was in the varsity swim team at my university at Laurier. And I, I really treasured all the athletic stuff I, and sports I developed as well as the dance. It was a good combo. I was, I think that's how I found you actually. No, I think it was, it was through Laurier. Oh. I must've seen something on Laurier cause that's where I went as well. Oh, you went there too. What mm-hmm. years did you go there? Uh, 2003 to 2007. Okay. I was just behind you by a couple of years, oh, okay. <laughs> by a decade. <laughs> 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 exactly a decade, 93, 97. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still cool. good. It, it was before, like, I was right in the, like, big growth period. So I think I, I was there at a good period before it got a little bigger. But Yeah. Now it's, now it's, I have a friend's son that goes there. And I went back to visit. Actually, I went back for homecoming as well. It's, it's very different. I was there when it was 3,000 students. Mm-hmm. 3,000 undergrads. It was amazing. Anyway, a past, <laughs> past life. <laughs> Indeed. So now I'm wondering, do you have any examples of like maybe an athlete who's who's come, you know, not necessarily a dance in their background, but then added, you know, some sort of dance to their their repertoire and then, you know, either saw benefit or over an injury or something like this? Uh, Definitely. um, I can't think of a specific example, but I'm just will speak sort of uh, as a group of the adults that come to my class. They come from various, um, maybe not athletes, but I'd say people with some um, some you know, that needs some modifications. They have some, uh, not injuries, I would say, but just some things going on in their body where they can't, there's you know, they can't really do a traditional dance class or a fitness class. So I think that I've gotten feedback from them over the years that they actually can heal themselves a bit through groove and through the movement that I teach them because it is, again, based on simplicity and repetition and feeling good in your own body doing it and not copying anybody else. So you can actually, it's quite healing as well. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're getting some movement variety, right? You know, a lot of us are, lot. you know, very forward, backwards, you know, or maybe not even backwards, probably just moving forwards, right? A lot of us don't move side, we don't twist, we don't do all this. So I mean, all these, you know, exactly. getting back to those fundamental movements, it would fit with a lot of different chronic pain and injury, you know, just by the, you know, ver- the variety. Too, I, exactly. I just maybe think of um, the fellow that comes to my class. His name is Adrian, and he has a, uh, I think he played volleyball, varsity volleyball. He's super tall. I thought 100% he had a dance background. He had had zero. Just by the way he feels the music and just gets down, I'm like, so just even, and he hasn't danced in ages since he was a, a university student. He's now in his 40s. And he, for him, as an athlete, it just brought out, like, the joy. I think we, like, you know, just joy of movement again for, for, for fun. 
and that's something that he's shared with me over over the years too. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe he had an extensive dance background just in the club and d- doesn't consider that as a professional training. But That's what, that's what I think it was, too. And, I, and my, my friend commented the same way. My friend that came to class on Monday said, I think Adrian like, just was a clubber back in the day. And now you've, probably, you've, like, you've like him, or a raver or something. Now you've like inspired him again with now in his 40s to get down. It's kind of fun. Yeah, mine would just be angry mosh pit style. Oh, yes, I remember those days. <laughs> um, okay, I want to ask, what are a couple of your favorite songs for people to, like, oh. if I just have no idea, like, where to get started and I want to, like, jump around my house, you know, like, once a okay. day, what are a couple great ones that, like, you can't not dance to? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm just opening my iTunes library right now <laughs> to, inspire, to inspire me. That's a tough one, but I mean, I guess... I'm like a music junkie. I love music. Yeah, it's a tough one, but I think it's good because you would have to program. You know, I like that you had the variety in there. That's how I've done... That's my least favorite thing about teaching, like fitness classes or spin classes. I like it, Uh. but it's very nerve-wracking because people are very particular, right? Like, the the wrong song could just turn someone completely off. I know, but there's some And that's why I love with Groove is that it changed every three minutes, four minutes, they're onto something else. If I'm playing for fun, kind of out honky tonk country song and someone's in my, like inside dying because they hate hate country they know it's over in three four minutes and then they don't know what to expect oh now it's a techno house song mm-hmm. so i love that i love the variety um i guess i love kind of like reggae sounding deep groove kind of beats and so murder she wrote by shaka demis and mm-hmm. the pliers it's a, from 1992 is an awesome song to move to um, currently, I can't stop moving to Thunder by Imagine Dragons. That's a great song. I am in love that. with sure Imagine do. Dragons thunder. right now. Yeah, the I'm Thunder. Like... Oh, so yep. good. Amazing. I uh, go throwback, 1990s. I cannot get enough of Let Your Backbone Slide. That's a, a very, you know, feel like funk, Stevie Wonder, Superstition. It's a great song to also jive to. Um, I don't know. There's so many. I like so many songs. And then... Uh, great African beat. Um, a friend of mine is an artist, Benjamin Bidlack. He's out of LA and he has a song called Tribal Funk. It's amazing. People don't know it and then they end up going, what is that? I want to buy it. <laughs> and Sam and the Womp, the song Bomb Bomb. Great song too. Anything by David Guetta, Kesha. Oh, love it. So many. There's so many. <laughs> uh, no Roots by Alice Merton. The new one, Alice Merton's No Roots. Awesome song. Yeah, I could go. I could do a whole podcast about music if you want. Oh man, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to build a playlist from this and embed yeah. that in the yeah. show notes. Well, I'd like to. Yeah, I'll send you the the PDF of the playlist, and you can put it up. Or oh, oh sure. Yeah, it. even just the screenshot yeah. would be great. Yeah. Um. Good. I think that's good. So, what's the next event you have coming up? Um. So the next pop up is March fifth, and it's um. In the west end of Toronto, I may outgrow my space based on registrations, and tickets can be uh, purchased on my website. Only $15 for an hour and 15 minutes of pure bliss, and you can dance your heart out and get a great workout and meet some awesome people. Um, so the next one's March 5th, but in the meantime, I do a ton of, you know, um, I work with mom, moms and babies, so I'm doing a big Valentine's party for 150 moms with babies strapped to them, and we're going to bust it out at their Valentine's party at the Islington Golf Club. Um, working with the TDSB um PE teachers so a couple hundred of them inspiring them with movement on the 16th of February so I'm really all over I also do work at uh, Variety Village which is the center in east end of Toronto for all abilities wheelchair accessible it's a huge beautiful facility so I'm doing the lieutenant governor games on Friday the 23rd and gonna be working with lots of like 
um, Paralympic athletes and, and community members. It's an amazing, huge event. It'll be televised on, I think they put it on, CBC comes out and does uh, coverage on that. So, wow. That's yeah. Great. And Every so you, you would have a schedule and all the registration would be on your website, which is experiencegroove.com. Right. Experience you got it. And then you're also on Instagram and Twitter on Mish, Mish, Mish Groove. Awesome. We'll yeah. post all those notes. I think that's all we have. Unless, do you have any other things or no? I just want to. I want to thank you for uh, bringing involving dance in your in your your toolkit. I think it's amazing. It's a great way to you know break down. Just dance doesn't have to be what we think it is. It doesn't have to be scary and intimidating and choreography where you can't we can get things wrong. It really can be about just pure joy. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's it's an essential movement. I think it's it's all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if yeah. we want to be better consummate athletes, I think that's that's an important part. So thank you for bringing that to us today, Michelle. My pleasure. Yeah. Right. We'll hopefully see you soon right. at one of these thank events. You. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank I would you. Yeah, I'd love to see you at a pop-up, you, the two of you. Pop down. Oh, Toronto. We'll, we'll be there for sure. <laughs> okay. Right. Later. Amazing. Hey guys, before you go, we just wanted to have one quick word from our sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance company that helps the consummate athlete like you save money on your life insurance. To find out more, you can check out healthiq.com slash CAPOD, that's C-A-P-O-D, for all the details and to take a free quiz. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. To check out all of the show notes for this show, go to consummateathlete.com. And to follow along with our various adventures on the social medias, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash consummateathlete or follow me, Molly Herford, at Molly J. Herford on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Peter Glassford on Twitter and Instagram. And if you could do us a huge favor and rate and review the podcast over on iTunes, that helps us bring on more guests, you know, get more episodes out and do more cool stuff. So we would be forever grateful. And if you're looking for coaching for endurance sport or just for health and wellness, uh, you can check out smartathlete.ca. And for amazing outdoor content, you can check out theoutdooredit.com. Aw, honey. And that's theoutdooredit.com for Molly Herford's writing and all things outdoors. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.